Hello and welcome to the Confident Moms podcast. I am your host, Laura Dry, and this is episode number 37, Perfectionism with Kendra Huffman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. Today, we have special guest Kendra Huffman here with us. So welcome, Kendra. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and taking time out of your busy schedule to share your goodness with my audience. Kendra is a perfectionist um, teen coach, and I'm so excited for her to share her goodness with us because I think there's so many moms that can benefit from her message. And I, I'm really excited to have a discussion about perfectionism. And I wanted to open it up to you, Kendra, to kind of introduce yourself a little bit and, and share with everybody what kind of inspired you to focus on the topic of perfectionism. Okay. Thank you so much, Laura. I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah. So I, as she said, I'm a teen coach. I mainly work with teens who struggle with perfectionism. I can help all kinds of teens, but that's kind of the way my brain works. So I've taken all the things that I've learned, what has helped me and focused in on teens. I used to, when I started coaching, I did marriages, but I love the youth. I'm always drawn to the youth. That's like my favorite calling ever in the ward. I have my degree in teaching. Um, so one day I just kind of pictured this huge event for teens and teaching these tools at a much younger age than when I was getting some of the women, um, struggling in their marriages. And I was like, man, if we had these tools as teenagers, just, it would just slightly set the course in such a different direction to know these things. So I transitioned to teens about almost four years ago and I'm obsessed. I love it so much. So that's kind of how I got into working with the youth. Yeah. I love that so much as I was kind of preparing to chat with you today. I just thought, wow, like your message is so prevalent to my audience because yeah, if you are a, a teenager that has some perfectionist tendencies, then if if you don't know kind of how to, or if you're not even aware of it, mm-hmm. of course, you're going to become a mom that has perfectionist tendencies, right? Yes. It's not just something that drops away. And um, I think that I would definitely consider my, I always call myself a recovering perfectionist. And so I am really curious to know kind of how you would define the word perfectionist, because don't you think it's kind of subjective a little bit? Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like you can go to the doctor and get diagnosed with perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So how would you diagnose it? And what are kind of the things that you look for or see in your clients And what are some of the things that maybe my audience or the moms out there can be looking for to say, oh yeah, hey, there's kind of some perfectionist tendencies and this is why it might be a problem for me. Yes. No, it's such a good question. Um, So in fact, I just started my own podcast last week. It got launched. I just saw that. Congratulations. That's so fun. That was a lot to overcome. And it is for LDS teens with perfectionism. But in the first episode, the intro is kind of like, is this you? Because perfectionism has, there's all kinds of like, there's like a spectrum to it. There's like a very intense side to it to kind of, there's a few areas maybe that you feel that perfectionist tendency. So I would say most people 
almost everybody has some vein of perfectionism. It can show up maybe at work or like maybe parenting is kind of where you notice you feel it the most. And then there's some of us who it's kind of just the personality type that we've been born with. And it's just really how we see the world. And it's kind of the lens in which we see everything. So that's kind of more on the higher side of the spectrum of it versus somebody who maybe just has this area where they want it to be a certain way and expect a lot from it. Mm -hmm. So I would say at the core, perfectionism is deep down, we just want to be good and we want others to see us as good. And that is all we want. We don't want to be bad or evil or to appear that way. Everything in our nature wants to just be really good. And so what happens is, is we have this fear of being judged by others that they may not see us that way and in comes perfectionism so that if we do everything perfectly or at least appear that we're doing everything perfectly, then we can be seen that way. And it causes a lot of issues because we tend to be very hyper aware of what others are thinking of us, um, this fear of being judged. And we're going to go into a lot of those things today in the podcast, but What we have to remember, and this is what I remind my teens, is that when God made us, he made us good. Like there's nothing in God's nature that is evil or bad. He couldn't make us bad even if he wanted to. Like he made us good. In fact, we learn in the scriptures that when he's reporting back, it's like, and it was good. That was what Mm. God is saying. It's not like, hey, yeah, he did pretty good. Good job on that. It's like, it's good. This is how I want it. This is the way I want it created. And then when it came to creating us personally, he came down himself and created us. God did. So what gets confusing for perfectionism is we think that if we do all these things right and at this certain high expectation that we have, then that makes us good. And that's very confusing when we already were made good and we just are doing behaviors that can be good or bad, but that's why we have the atonement and God knew we were going to make mistakes and none of that's really linked to it. And nothing's going to change the way God sees us. And it isn't it so interesting. I know for me, like it doesn't really seem to matter how well I do, how much praise people give me, like how how perfect something turns mm-hmm. out. Like I, I don't know. I ne- I never feel like it's perfect enough. Like there's always that little bit of me that's like, hmm, right. And it, I really do think. Um, it is a part of a mindset of, yeah, if you want something to be perfect enough, you just have to choose to believe that it is. Yes. Which feels very unnatural for perfectionists. Like, very yeah, unnatural. there's more I could have done. That probably wasn't enough, which kind of leads into like how I, so I would say as a teenager, I didn't really know that I was a perfectionist because I tend to get a lot of clients who really excel in school. They're my straight A students. They have meltdowns if they don't do well. I wasn't like that. I probably got average grades. I had to work really hard in school. I was very social. Um, But as I started to get into my 20s, I realized I lived with this pressure a lot, this pressure to perform, to please everybody, to prove myself. It was just this constant thing that And then when I became a mom, it was like every part of it just came to the surface. I was like, okay, what is this? Like, I knew I kind of had some perfectionist tendencies. I always joked about it when I was younger, but I didn't understand fully what that meant until I became a parent. And it was like everything 
painful force. So I try to research every book I could on perfectionism. Like I just had this feeling like if I can master this, I feel like this would just change everything for me. But, and I kept calling myself a recovering perfectionist too. Like, Oh, I, but I didn't really understand all the dynamics of it mm-hmm. until about my mid thirties. And I discovered coaching and I discovered the Enneagram and it was like, it put language finally to everything. I remember I just started bawling when she was describing how this critic is so intense in those who have perfectionism. And I just started crying. I was like, that's me. Like I, and then as I started to understand the language of it and really understanding my patterns, then I could start to find ways to finally really start to, I wouldn't say overcome it, but you learn to manage it instead of that critic managing you all the time where I just let her run my brain for 30 something years without even questioning her. I was like, isn't everybody this hard on themselves? Doesn't everybody want to put forth their best? Doesn't everybody struggle with not feeling like enough, but many people do, but not to the level of what a lot of perfectionists do. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely do think that one area of uh, perfectionism is this having unrealistic expectations of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I definitely see that in myself as I look back on my teenage years, like being up till four in the morning, oh, yeah, trying to complete a project and have it look just perfect. And I wanted to get a good grade on it. And I wanted everybody to think it was the best. Oh yeah. And now, like, as I look back on when I was a new mom, like you're kind of saying all mm-hmm. of those same sort of things were eating into my mental health. Because again, like I wanted, I wanted to be the best mom I could be. And I wanted everyone to think I was the Uh best mom. And I wanted to um, feel like I was doing a good job and doing enough and doing all of the things. And it really, I think that was actually my breaking point, my point of something needs to change here. And funnily enough, that's actually also when I found coaching as well. And it was kind of this, this shift of, I don't have to control everything in my life to feel this false sense of Mm -hmm. enoughness. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could kind of let go of that and change kind of, and shift my mindset around what perfect is. Absolutely. Like what even is perfect to you? And that was such a great question to ponder because there isn't really an answer to that. Right. And I asked you just get to create that answer. Exactly. And I always ask them like, well, how will you know when it is enough? Mm -hmm. No, none of us ever know. We just, the critic keeps just telling us like, we could have done more, should have done better at this. I mean, think about someone critiquing you all day. It's tons of pressure and anxiety and moods and you know, the one thing that is very not common is like for us to have self-compassion. And so you can imagine as a parent, and I don't care if you have perfectionists or not, you're feeling judged all the time as a parent. Like everyone has an opinion, everyone's watching your kids, what they're doing. So take that to the next level where you do have that. And it was almost debilitating at times. Like I just felt like I was never doing enough. Yeah. The world that we live in these days really doesn't help with some of the feelings that we have for sure. Oh my gosh, this is so, this is so good. So 
let's just say somebody or somebody that's listening, a mom that's listening, and and might I just say, I think that it's really, really hard to feel confident when we are letting that self-critic that you're talking about overtake us, run the show. Mm-hmm. And so how might, like, what are your tips for somebody to not let that critic take over to, um, like, what are some of the, what's on the road to recovery from perfectionism? Yeah. So first thing first is before I get into some of these tips that have helped me is you have to realize, like, we were kind of, I call it the roommate in your head, the critic, like I didn't choose to live with her. That is not the mean girl in my head. (laughs) The mean girl. I love it. Like, it's not like me because this is how I tell my teens. I'm like, if, if something happened to you and that happened to your best friend, would you talk to your best friend the same way that you would talk to yourself? And 100% of the time it's no. And that's not who you are. Like the real, you would answer your best friend, but the critic is answering you. So the first thing is you just have to kind of know that that's who you're working with and that is not you and to separate yourself from that. Mm -hmm. So I call my critic out or the mean girl all the time. Like, oh, there she is. Of course, she hates when things aren't in order or she hates when the plans change. Okay. So I'm feeling uncomfortable, but I know that's coming from her where the real Kendra can figure out how to flow with that and move on. Yeah. So that's such a helpful, I think, distinguishing like to be able to distinguish between those two kind of recognize like for you, your tendencies of, I need things to be in this certain way and mm-hmm. recognizing that when you notice her coming out, it's actually maybe not you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it kind of brought compassion. Like, okay, Kendra, like, of course you're getting worked up. That's what the critic wants. How do you want to handle this? Like it kind of, and then that brought the control back to me. But instead of being mad at myself or beating myself even more than I'm beating myself up about something, it was like, it just introduced compassion to me. Like, okay, that's what my brain's going to keep offering me. doesn't mean I have to do it. It's going to feel unnatural at first to go against that. Doing it, my real voice. Yeah. I think that as I became a mom, it, it really did become increasingly more difficult to uphold these standards that I had because I had mm-hmm. these four little people who weren't on the same wavelength as me. It was like, mm-hmm. we need to be on time. I know. <laughs> we need to be on time. I cannot handle not being on time, but sometimes you just can't be on time and it's of no fault of your own. And so, yes, being able to recognize that and say, okay, this isn't a possibility today. And my mm-hmm. kids are more important than this idea of being on time that I think that I need to uphold. And I think that that is so, so helpful to be able to separate those two. Yeah, hundred percent. My daughter is a senior and she is late every day. And <laughs> I just breathe because I'm like, you know what? She has to feel the consequences of that. She ends up doing fine in school. It's like totally my rule. And she's okay with not being on time and it's not affecting her grades. So yeah. So we're going to talk about a few tips because really what happens with perfectionism as you guys will notice with your children is it affects relationships. Okay. Because we have all these rules in our head coming from this critic of how things should be, how things should look. 
And these rules become checklists and they get in the way of like real life people and relationships because that's not how everybody works. Yeah. My kids are more important than me getting somewhere on time. Really, truly. And that is, and I think that is maybe one of the, I've talked about this before is that is one of the reasons that we sometimes aren't able to feel confident in our motherhood sometimes, or in, in some of our relationships is because the way that we're showing up isn't in alignment with our true priorities. Yeah, I know. Like one of my true priorities is my relationships with the ones that I love the most. Mm-hmm. And when we put those perfectionist tendencies above those, we're going to feel out of alignment and it's just not going to feel good. It's not confidence. No. And that is something I had to totally learn and establish with learning to trust myself because I had been looking outside myself my whole life. And this is kind of one of the tips that we're going to talk about is like approval is such a big part of perfectionism. Like so much of our worth and what we think about ourselves became about what others saw in us. And that's just because of that critic. And, you know, we have this intuition about us that we can really read people a lot and kind of be in tuned. But a lot of that's because we're trying to watch how everyone's reading us and, um, if we're being judged or what's going on the scenario. So it can be this huge blessing and then it, we can use it against ourselves to this intuition. So one of the first tips for mothering I had to learn was letting go of approval. And that kind of bled into really all aspects of parenting. So the approval, obviously of my kids showing up a certain way and people having thoughts and judgments about my own children and that reflecting me as a mother um, and not wanting to control them in a way so that it feels like we're not being judged. And I've noticed a lot, especially in the church culture, it's like our kids have to show up and look a certain way and act a certain way. And us mothers make that mean all kinds of things about ourselves. But on this journey of perfectionism, one of the things that I learned was to really be myself, that it was safe to be myself and that not everyone was going to like me. I'm not going to be for everyone. And that was really scary And, but that's the biggest gift I can give my kids is for them to feel like they can be themselves and it's okay. And that you're not for everyone and people are judging you. So what? Yeah. I think one of the, yeah, it's the societal pressures. I think that, um, socially prescribed approval, like Mm -hmm. the the perfection is the perfection to get approval from others Mm -hmm. that you're really talking about here. And one of the best mindset shifts that I've had for, for this. And this tip that you're talking about was to choose to believe that what other people think is none of my business, Mm -hmm. not in a rude way, but in a like empowering way, what other people think is, is just none of my business. And I have to hand it to the moms out there who have their, I don't know. I just, I'm always just so I'm like, wow in a, in a really positive, um, can't think of the word right now, but I'm in awe of the moms who can bring their kids to church in their rain boots. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow. Like, I'm just so in awe of that because the perfectionist in me is like, no, you have to wear your church shoes. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so really, I guess that is the, the test there of like, do you actually care what people think of your kid wearing rain boots? Yeah. And the truth is you probably will, but like I said, that's not coming from you because 
With the critic, nothing's enough. So if we ourselves and our own mind can't feel enough, we're going to look outside to measure that. Do they think I'm enough? Did I do enough here? Did she didn't really mention anything about how I did there? It's like, we don't mean to do that. So there's, and I think in general, everybody, whether you're perfectionist or not, is very aware, cares what people think. And, you know, that's our way of surviving here as human beings. We're very aware of people sometimes, but for a perfectionist, it's, am I doing enough? So it's like, that's why we're seeking that approval like constantly it's the measuring it's the constant comparing and so you just have to be really careful that you don't start to put that on your children and make them a reflection of you because then they're going to have to have their own journey of figuring out that maybe they're not acceptable as they are either and that is the number one thing I want for my children and a lot of it looks different than the way I would do things but that's for me to manage my mind around to feel my own feelings around but my kids get to show up and be like this is me yeah Um, and actually what's so interesting about that is I have, I recently have really felt this added level of love and just like, I guess for lack of a better word, because I can't think of it, but just awe of my kids when I have been able to, to do that, like the more I'm able to do that, I'm just like, wow, look at you Mm -hmm. being you. Yes. And, owning and look it. at who you are becoming. And it's just, it's kind of fun to see when I'm, when I stop trying to like make you into who I think you should be, mm-hmm. when I stop doing that and step back, it's like, Oh, look at you, yes. look at you kids and, and teens and totally. almost teens, look who you're becoming. And it's really kind of fun actually. Oh, they just blow my mind. And I'm like, that was so creative. And like, Hey, if you want to wear that, you think now, everything's within guidelines. So I'm, I'm not just like free reign, go be yourself. If drugs feels like you go do that. So. <laughs> yeah. Within the bounds that you set within, in your home. There's guidelines. Sure. Like I tell my kids, your clothes have to be appropriate for where you're going. So we're not going to wear pajamas to church because we're there to learn about Christ and the way we dress does kind of influence the way we're feeling in the moment. But I don't, super micromanage everything that they're wearing and their hair has to look a certain way. And this, I want them to show up and feel themselves, but it's always within these guidelines. And then when they become adults, they get to choose for themselves. Yeah. I think there's definitely room to work with our kids for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So just know that there's guidelines. I do have rules for my kids. I do have expectations for them, but within that, it gets to look like how they want to do that. And um, and I think maybe one one way to kind of set those boundaries or one idea to think about as you set those boundaries is why? Like why are you setting those boundaries and is your reason does it make sense and will it make sense to them? And I think that that's a really great question to ask. Why yes. why can't you do this or why am I saying no to this thing, right? Yes. And often it's for us we don't like to feel out of control. Mm-hmm. We don't want to feel like we're losing control in some way. And so a lot of times we put up a lot of these rules for our own, we're trying to manage our own emotions around. Um, but really it's, it never really works because control is an illusion. Um, but an example of this is like, so my oldest just turned 18 in March. And when she was 16, I was like, Hey, I've taught you all the things, you know, why we dress a certain way. This is how I feel about it you're 16 now, you can start making some of these decisions. Like 
she started to choose the kind of bathing suit she wanted to wear. The clothes, obviously, like I said, there was parameters. Like you can't go to school in just your bra. Like, <laughs> okay. But it was kind of this weaning process of like, you know how I feel. I've taught you that, you know, you're more than just a body. You have opinions. You have ideas. I want people to see that in you. But I also let her go and explore that while she was still home for a couple years in 16. And then at 18, it's like, you get to... I have all that experience. Yes. Making those decisions for yourself within kind of this this safe space. Yeah. Because I found kids who are very controlled and then they go off and they're super rebellious or they don't know who they are. They find themselves in relationships with a controlling person as well. And um, so you get to use your own intuition and how that looks for you. But the main message underneath that is like not using our kids for approval and it's very uncomfortable. So just have a lot of patience and compassion for yourself because it's not natural to want to do that. It's like, I just feel like I know it's best and just do this and stick with the mainstream. And, um, yeah. and the you don't that- actually have to be perfect at letting go right. of your imperfections today. <laughs> right. Yes. It's okay. It's okay. Exactly. And this other place that approval started to bleed in with me is I, on a very subconscious level, didn't know I was really seeking my kids approval too. And to even know that or admit that, I don't think I would, that would feel in alignment with me, but it was absolutely happening. And one of my kids has more of that challenging type personality and they're going to challenge everything. They're going to question it. And I don't like that all the time. Like just follow the rules. Why are you questioning this? But it was in like parenting her that I realized like I'm seeking her approval. Like I need her to know that I'm an okay mom. And I'm looking for that. in my kids constantly, like, did they appreciate this? Did they see that I was doing this? Do they recognize? But really underneath that is like, do my kids think I'm a good mom? Am I doing enough? And my kids will never be able to answer that for me. It's not their job. No, I'm pretty sure God sent me one of those. I call her my strong will child. Yeah. And that was actually, I think the push that led me to realize, Hey, I've got some of these perfectionist tendencies. And if I don't start being more aware of it and maybe trying to let go and learning how to deal with some of this, it's really affected me. I had anxiety really, really bad. And I was like, Hey, this is the springboard I needed Mm -hmm. to lead me into, you know, the direction that, that you're talking about here is that like, allowing my kids to be themselves, allowing them to make decisions and not controlling all of those so that I can feel a certain way. Yeah, definitely because my strong-willed child was Mm -hmm. not following this prescription that I figured was what was needed. Mm -hmm. And the more and more I've let go of that, again, like what I said before, the more and more I see so many benefits to that personality. Yes. And the more I learn from that, oh, yeah. I'm like, uh, I could totally not do, I, I could never do that. And it's like, wow, you're such, my child is such a good example to me, like just such a different personality. Yes, totally. And although it's been my most challenging t- child to parent, it has been the biggest gift for me to overcome so many of my tendencies. Cause I just remember this moment where I was like, I don't need her approval. Like, that's not good for either of us. Like, I just was like, this really hit me hard. Like, okay, that's it. Like, I'm going to show up and be me as a mom. I'm going to share how I feel. 
she's not going to always like it. She's going to challenge it. That doesn't have to mean anything about me, how I'm doing as a mom, like no more. And what that looks like, the how, because everyone's like, well, how do we do that? Is a lot of times I just sit in my room and feel my own feelings and my own discomfort and my own control issues. And it was really hard. And then go back and try and show up for my daughter and really be very honest with how I was feeling. Like, you know, why this is so hard for me is because of this, this, and this, and like, here's how I feel and letting her share how she feels. And, but I had to keep working on myself first to be able to have hold space for that in those kinds of moments, because I'm very reactive and I want to control. And so did she. Yeah. I think it's one of the main benefits that I see in my clients and myself as I get coached on mom things Mm -hmm. is just that space to really help me see when I am making things mean things about me. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Actually not my kids creating my feelings. And when we believe that it is, we miss that opportunity of awareness for, okay, maybe I just need to sit like what you're saying. Maybe I just need to sit with this emotion and understand a little bit more about why I'm feeling this way. And it's always because of something that I'm choosing to think of something that I'm believing. Um, and that's really, really been helpful for me and, and has allowed me to be less reactive Mm-hmm. And when I'm spending time being less reactive, there's more space and time to kind of look inwards and to um, process those emotions and to sh- and to decide how I want to show up before I've already showed up in a way that it maybe I don't want to, right? Yeah. And the times where I'm reactive, I just go and apologize to my kids. I don't beat myself up about that anymore. You're not going to be the perfect parent. You're not going to show up calm every single time it's okay. Your kids don't need perfect parents. Otherwise God would have made us that way. They already have perfect parents. Those are their heavenly parents who give them answers, who gives them guidance, who understands them perfectly. We're here on earth trying to keep them alive. We're trying to guide them the best that we can too. So I go and just apologize to my kids when I've lost it. And like, Hey, this is why I was freaking out about this. Like we have another conversation about it. And it doesn't mean I back down as a mom. I still have my expectations and my rules, but like, there's just a lot more real conversations happening that my kids, I hope feel a little bit more understood and validated. And I'm trying to just be real with them as well. And obviously this happened as my kids became teenagers and a little bit older, but um, seeking that approval, even from your kids to measure if you're enough, it will just be there on a subconscious level. But when you can release that, You want to just keep showing up for yourself. And in these moments where I just felt so uncomfortable, had to feel my own feelings. It's like, that's when your intuition and your tether to God, that so many thoughts came to me and answers, because I want you as moms to know that the answers are within you. I think we look to so many experts and outside of ourselves, but I promise you the answers are within you. God is so tethered to you that in that moment, when you finally can kind of be calm and like see yourself in what's happening, see your child in what's happening, he will give you the thoughts and the understanding that you need to keep moving forward as a parent. It's there. Mm, I've had some really sweet parenting moments and conversations with my kids because of what you're just saying there. It's like this opportunity. Hey, mom's reacting in a different way to this. Mm -hmm. And because of that, because I'm allowing myself to um, feel my feelings 
I can be in a place to receive that inspiration, to ask the right questions and to say the right things. I had an, an experience yesterday, actually, where um, my youngest son was showing up. Like I, I actually had um, a call in the morning and my kids didn't have school. And I had asked everybody, like, can you try and be quiet? Um and I'd ask my older kids to kind of help. And um, in the middle of that call, my youngest son was screaming so loud. And we realized, like, I could tell that it wasn't real. I'm hurt or there's a real problem. I could tell it was like a, a cry for attention and I want to get my sisters in trouble and those sorts of things. And I made a conscious decision in that moment because the, what I naturally wanted to do was to come off of that call and be like, why are you yelling when I'm having my call and you can't be doing this and I can't believe you did this. I'm like, the, like, oh no, what is the person on the other end of that call going to think, right? Like, I can't believe my kids are doing this. And I didn't do that. I, I just left it. And I made sure I was like, made a really big deal. Like, are you okay? Like you were really being loud and what happened? And then about an hour later, we were driving to the store and I explained to everybody in the car, like all about my call and what it was about. And I was explaining those sorts of things. And my son turned to me and he's just like, Oh, mom, I didn't realize that that was such an important call. I'm so sorry for being so noisy for you on that call. And just how differently that might have turned out if I had reacted in the way that maybe my mean girl or critic mm -hmm. would have wanted to in that moment. Um, and coming back to what you had said about, yeah, when we mess up, just apologize. It's all good. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's perfect, right? Just mm -hmm. apologize. And as I've done that more, as I've showed up, in a negative way and apologized, I get more responses from my kids in the same way. Mm -hmm. And it's great. Like they're learning from us. And so this, I think that is why this work is so important. That work on us is so important yes. because it will trickle down to them. Oh yeah. And just in so many ways, like I grew up, my dad, I don't think I ever heard him say, I'm sorry once in my whole life. And to have our kids see that we're human that we have feelings, that we make mistakes, and this is how I move forward in them. It just can be, that example can be so powerful, um, not to put pressure on yourself to do it perfectly, but to see that you're not perfect, but this is how I keep going and move forward and try to repair things. And this relationship's important. And so on that last part of approval, I remember I was like, ah, oh, I just want to hire a cheerleader to like <laughs> my shoulder all day and be like, Kendra, you're parrot. Awesome. They could be like, you're amazing. You're, you're amazing. Good job. You're a good mom. Yeah. yeah. You did so good. You cooked dinner and everyone complained. You're awesome. Like that cheerleader to notice all the things that you kind of brush aside as not important. Yeah. No. Cause the critic all day is like, here's what you didn't do. And here's what you could have done. It's like no one, but I was like, I remember just waiting for my husband to come home and recognize that the house was clean and Here's the next tip, you guys. No one cares as much as you do. P.S. Nobody cares <laughs> as much as you do. But with before we get into that one, like the approvals, like 
okay, I can't find a cheerleader I can hire to follow me around all day. I'm like, I've got to be my own cheerleader. Like I have to learn how to get my own approval. What does that even look like? How do I even do this? But the way I start is like, what do I want someone to say to me in this moment? What do I want my husband to walk in and just say like, the house looks amazing. I can't believe you spent all this time cleaning it. It's always so nice to come home to a clean house. And you did this today and you did this because we tend to be very productive and always checking things off our list. And I was like, okay, if that's what I want him to say, I'm going to start saying that to myself. Like, Kendra, you spent all this time cleaning the whole house today. You got this done. I see you. Like, I know how hard you work today. Like, I see it. And you know what? The house really actually just feels good for you. I think your family appreciates it, but not as much as you do. Like, we clean that house today for you. Yeah. Like when things are in order. That is such, such a great tip. Be your own cheerleader. Yeah. Who says you can't walk around the house like praising yourself? <laughs> like, what? Because that's not natural. The critics looking for everything you did wrong. And so I, when I had to like consciously be like, Hey, what do I want someone to say to me right now? Like maybe I got a new outfit and I'm at church and hoping I was like, I'm going to say it to myself. You look really good. You're feeling good in that. Like it's a great outfit today. Yeah. Like, all right. And the more I kept doing that for myself, the less and less I needed it from other people. And then when people would recognize it or say it, it just felt like bonus, like, oh yeah, thank you. Like, but because I already done that, it wasn't like, oh good. Okay. Someone noticed and I'm check. not going to lie. There have been times and um, maybe even recently where I will want that validation. And so I will walk around the house, but it's not me validating me. It's me like isn't the house so clean, everybody? And sometimes I'll say, wow, kids, the cleaning fairy was here today and cleaned up your rooms. Right? <laughs> so that could be a first step, but yeah, yeah you're we, like, we can, we totally can just thank ourselves for how amazing we are and all the things that we do. Yeah. And just know, like, don't make yourself crazy because I, if you're like me, I like order. I like things clean. It feels like a reflection of me. Like I think it started out worrying someone come by in my house, be a mess and be judged for it. Um, but then it's like, I noticed that I'll find spaces in the house that are clean. And so I was like, no one's going to care as much as you, Kendra. So I kind of set up a system for my kids, the things that really matter that I wanted daily picked up. And I gave them these weekly checks and it was up to them when they decided to do it, but it just had to be done by a certain time so that I wasn't micromanaging that either or giving 50,000 reminders. Hey, did you pick up your room? Did you pick it? Did you, because that's what I do is we can be super, I don't like the word nag, but like, because our critic all day is like, did you, did you, did you, we can be that way with our children too. Like, have you noticed this? Because we can notice details and things out of place and we like, because they matter to us. I love yes. I love that idea to let them just let them know what the expectations are. Give yes. them time to do it and then let it go and let it go. It was like, here's the consequence of it's not done by 7 PM. Here's what's going to happen. But some of my kids like to come home and get it done right away. Some of my kids like to wait and procrastinate till the last minute. That's up to again them. when, when we are only looking for those things. And I call it maybe a little bit nitpicky of, Hey, yeah, those dirty socks you just took off. Why are you leaving them on mm -hmm. the floor? That becomes our relationship. Yes. Right. And that's not super connecting. That's mm -hmm. us 
you know, so worried about things again, that you're saying they're not, they don't care. Yes. And, and really they're, they're not important. Yes. Yeah. Your kids yeah. will start to avoid you. You will find like, they're going to hide away from you. Cause it's like, they know you're going to ask them for something or they're not going to feel like they're doing enough. It just was like trickling down into everything. And I was like, you That's know, what, no one's going to care as much as you. So you're going to take most of the load because you're the one who cares, but there's, I can still ask my kids to clean up. It's their home. It's their room. And I just made sure it was age appropriate and they got to make sure it was done on their terms. That's really, really helpful. So as we kind of close out our conversation today, do you have any, like any last words that you want to share with, with moms? I would just say anything that you want to be seen in your child, you go first Mm. and learn to do that for yourself. And then when your kids watch you do that, or you want to teach them about it, they've already seen mom doing that. I think a lot of times we want the most and the best for our kids, but we're not willing to do that for ourselves. And I just think it's way more powerful to do these things as a mom and let our kids watch us do that versus always trying to teach the lesson. And, you know, doing this, my own podcast was brought up all my perfectionism. It, I hadn't, really dealt with the critic that intensely in a really long time. Cause I've really learned to manage her and I just have so much more self-love for myself and compassion. And, but doing that podcast, man, it just brought everything up. And I just kept fighting the Lord on that. I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, cause then I want it perfect and I don't want people judging it. And I don't, you know, and to tell my kids last week, like you guys, I just did the scariest thing I just faced a huge fear. I put myself out there like that to me was just so much more powerful than like keep begging my kids to face their fears. But it's like, here's what mom just did. Your mom has a freaking podcast. Like, here we go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Our example speaks so much louder than, than our words for sure. So yeah, I would say I go first. And then the other thing honestly is just You are doing so much more than you think you are. You are doing so many amazing things. You have all the answers inside you. Tap into your intuition, tap into Heavenly Father, but also let him show you all the amazing things that you're doing because your mind's not going to tell you. Your brain's going to point out the things that you feel like you're falling short on. And I promise you, there's so many things that are going right, that you're doing right, that your kids are very lucky to have you. And all that's existing too. You just have to learn to see it. Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a practice that I do. I try and do it every night where I just write three wins Mm. in my journal. So it's, it's my win streak. Yeah. Three things that I can appreciate about me. And, and it's kind of like the walking around praising myself, right? Like it's the same type of idea, but I write it out and sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it's like, well, what did I even do? But the, the more you get practiced at thinking about those things, the easier it becomes to find those things you can celebrate about you and validate in yes. you. And you're the best person to do that because yes. um, then you don't have to rely on anybody else to do it for you. Yes. And it's amazing. And the more these little drops just fill up this bucket, you will notice over time, you'll start to feel better about yourself. You'll feel more confident as a mom. 
You're going to let things roll off your shoulders easier. You're going to breathe through the hard moments when you want to control. It will all add up over time and it's messy. And so sometimes we aren't very good at it. And sometimes we feel like we're killing it and it's supposed to be that way. Like nothing literally has ever gone wrong ever. So good. The last thing I kind of want to say is that I think oftentimes when we recognize things in us that maybe we don't care for, like maybe perfectionist tendencies could be one of those things. Like I just wish I wasn't such a perfectionist, you you know, um, the goal is not to get rid of those things. Cause just right. like what you're saying is, you know, you've really learned how to manage those perfectionist tendencies in ways that work for you in ways that serve you. And then here you are doing this brand new thing, your podcast, and it all comes rushing back. And so I just want to share that like, yeah, overcoming these things is not really the goal. It's learning how to deal with them in positive ways because you're maybe always going to have to deal with that inner critic or these tendencies that you have. And that's not a problem because you're more than capable of dealing with those things in, in positive ways. And you're just having to rediscover Mm -hmm. that at a higher level now. And that's what this world is all about. Like higher growth and learning opportunities for that. That's why I call her a roommate. She's not going anywhere. She shows <laughs> no, up all the time. Not I kicking just, her out. She's no, going to she's be a like, part of us. Time to go back to your room. But she's going to keep coming around, keep offering a lot of the same thoughts. But the more I learn to find my own voice, she doesn't come out as often and it's not as loud. Yeah. But I, I'm going to live with her. But there's beautiful things about her also. Like I'm very organized. I can get many things done in a day. Um there's just some beautiful things. We're very intuitive. We, we really care deeply about being good and caring about people. We want to help. There's all these beautiful things that we don't want to take away if we got rid of everything completely. Yeah. It's learning to manage it when it's getting in the way and it's getting in the way of relationships, or you have so much anxiety and pressure that you're not even yourself because you're so worried what people are thinking. Mm, That's such, such a great message. Thank you so much for being here today, Kendra. Um, like Kendra said, she just launched her podcast. If you have some teens that could benefit from that, I will link to, um, to your website and your podcast and all of the ways that you can find Kendra in the show notes. So you can look for that and thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate it. If you are ready to grow your confidence, get unstuck, or feel better so that you can become happier in your motherhood and all the other areas of your life, then I would love to invite you to come work with me. Head on over to lauradrycoaching.com to learn more, access all my free content, or book a consultation with me. You deserve confidence, and I would love to help you access yours.